Welcome to Cannabis Network Radio. I am your host, David. Here we are on Tuesday, um, Tuesday night, our first Tuesday show. Um, we have been growing in popularity and the demand has been rising. So now we are going to be live every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, maybe not every Tuesday, but it's going to try to be every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, here on Podstream Live, broadcasting live on Podstream Live. Um, when you have a chance, uh, if you're listening to this live um, or if you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, go to iTunes, uh, iTunes.com, uh, in the search bar in the storage, put in the word cannabis. Scroll down to podcasts and you'll see us there in the top 10 um, Cannabis Network Radio. Um, tonight we have a guest with us, uh, Miss January, Miss, Miss High Times, uh, January 2012, uh, Cass Um and uh, she's got an interesting uh, background for certain, um, and we're going to talk with her a little bit about how she uh, evolved to be um, Miss High Times. And then we're going to have her on, and we're just going to kind of talk about uh, cannabis in general and marijuana legalization and things going on in Florida. I know she has a few things that she wants to talk about. Um, And we're just going to have a candid conversation. Um, If you're with us, um, feel free to either chat live with us at podstreamlive.com. Go to the chat room. Um, Or you can call in um, our call-in number for the show and every other show for the most part um, from this point forward is 813-280-4841 feel free to call in with any questions or again uh, chat with us on uh, Podstream Live Um, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with uh, Cass Sativa Miss High Times January 2012 here on Cannabis Network Radio Network Radio here on Podstream Live. Um, tonight we have uh, Miss High Times, January 2012, Cass Sativa. Let's welcome her to the show. Um, Cass, how are you doing this evening? Welcome to Cannabis Network Radio. Awesome. Thank you. I'm, I'm really honored to be on your show. I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful this evening. A little tired. It's been a long week, but... Uh, it's only Tuesday, but nonetheless, it's been a long week already. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about you know having you on the show. I know that uh, over the years we've kind of been Facebook friends back and forth. I know you've had a lot of stuff going on, and and you were in Florida, and then you're now in Oregon. Um, and uh, yeah, so basically, just in, in a nutshell, real quick, um, I know that you're in the military and. 2008 and then you transitioned from you know serving your country um to i guess activism and um to become uh, ultimately um miss high times january 2012 um why don't you tell us a little bit about that evolution um and kind of tell us a little bit about you and um you know how how you rose to that um i I guess significant point to be a high times hottie pardon the expression but (laughs) Awesome. Um, I was in the middle of a deployment, and I was just looking, you know, firsthand at the United States government and everything that I was a part of, and I just, being a soldier in the United States Army just was not for me. So, um, after some injuries had incurred, um, the VA had prescribed me tons of medications, and I asked for non-narcotics, because I weigh all of 100 pounds sitting wet. So I asked for non-narcotics, and come to find out, those were actually worse, with the worst side effects than, than the things I actually had. So it, through seeking a medical alternative, you know, getting, getting help without hurting my body, I found cannabis, 
And ever since, I've done everything I can to spread awareness about her beautiful benefits. So what was your first interaction with with cannabis? Was it just as recent as 2008, or is this something that, that you used recreationally prior, or um, did you realize from prior use that this offered a medical benefit and you revisited it, or...? Well, when I was younger, I'm not going to lie, I grew up on the beach, and um, I had used it recreationally with my friends and grown it. But I, I, at a young age, I didn't really discover, or I don't feel that I was able to understand when I was younger all of the, the benefits of this plant. And how did you feel the plant affected you, or when did you realize how the plant was helping you? Like, at what point? Well, I realized when the plant helped me is after I had gotten hurt because I had to, you know, have some pain first to need healing. And once I had encountered pain with a traumatic brain injury, I um, I had to seek help. Okay. Did you... And I had tons of pain and I wanted it to stop. And I tried lots of different things. I, I first went to modern medicine to the doctor and they didn't help it. Yeah. So I understand. There's a lot. There's a lot of people in the same situation as you that you know has some sort of you know trauma or some sort of injury, and they go to modern medicine. And you know, yes, the pain can be alleviated, but the side effects, um, you know, definitely do not outweigh the benefit. I mean, I hear from people all the time. It makes them lethargic. It makes them nauseous. It makes them not want to yeah, do anything. Yeah, alleviated at the cost of the interlining of my stomach. Right. Or, you know, tons of different things. It's countless. Yeah. So when you decided to search out cannabis, was this something that you kind of just, you know, went to a local person, you know, wherever you were and said, hey, I want to try pot? Or did you actually uh, reach well, out? Well, I was lucky to be stationed in Colorado Springs, in Colorado. So... There was medicinal usage going around everywhere, so I was. It, it's it's more accepted out west than in Florida, where I'm from. So I went to an alternative clinic and um, sought help and got help like I needed that I sought for. Yeah, I, yeah, that's good. Well, I'm glad that you, I guess, came to that realization and took that initiative. So, tell us the evolution of how uh, you became uh, Miss High Times, January 2012. Um, how, how does that process work? Is that something that, that High Times is still doing? I, I don't know if that's something they're still doing well, or not. And, and how does someone become a, a Miss High Times? Well, um, what Bobby Black has created, Bobby Black is a senior editor of High Times Magazine, and he has a contest for ladies that um, he judges on your activism work. Um, it's not just basically about your looks. It's a lot about what you do for the cannabis plant itself. And he's out there to find the coolest starter chicks he can. And if you go to MissHighTimes.com, you can create yourself a profile and then let the world vote for you. And you are allowed to upload a total of five pictures and you can get up to 10 points per picture. And there's at least 3,200 women on the site right now. I'm pretty sure. And they select 12 women for each month, and then they select one of those to be the Miss High Times. And in 2012, the Miss High Times, her name was Emily. So she's a fantastic woman, and um, it's a great contest. I was never really, if you will, girly. I've always been a surfer and a skater and a skimboarder. I've never really, I didn't even go to prom. I went fishing with my little brother and <laughs> had a way better time anyhow. But, um, yeah, a bunch of people voted for me, and that's how it happened. Well, that's fantastic. So, um since becoming uh, Miss High Times, um, have you been able to attend any events or participate in anything that has uh, stood out or 
made a, another well, impact. Definitely. On Since becoming a calendar model for High Times Magazine, I have been able to, I've been invited and been able to attend a lot of wonderful cannabis events. And there was a cannabis freedom festival in Florida on my birthday weekend last year, and I couldn't find a better way to spend my birthday weekend than to celebrate cannabis and spread awareness. And it was it was amazing. I got to meet Kathy Jordan, a woman after my own heart, who I have so much respect for, and my heart really goes out to her. It really does. Well, that's exciting. I, I actually was there as I'm well. Also, and I'm also going to be fire dancing at the Bay Area Hemp Fest this year as well. And on 420 this year, I was at Patient Growers, Lodge in Salem, Oregon, fire dancing for them. It was a wonderful time. Cool. Well, tell us a little bit about this event that, that you said is coming to the Bay Area, Bay Area Hemp Festival. Is that what it is? Yes, it's in August, and it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of awesome musicians, and we're going to definitely spread tons of awareness for the hemp plant itself, and it's going to be a great time, three days of Fun, music, food, awareness, and of course, the cannabis and hemp plant. <laughs> well, creating awareness is always an, an advantageous thing as far as I'm concerned. Um, so, is this the Bay Area Hemp Fest that's in San Francisco, I guess? Yes, it is. All right. And so, uh, I guess if people want some information, they can go to uh, their website, which is uh, bayareahempfest.co. Um, and I guess they can find out some more about that. Um, Definitely. Um, all right. And also, um, for tickets, Katie Watson. Um, up here in Oregon, I've been working with this fantastic company called The Homegrown Betty's. And Katie Watson, the owner of Spink Star Production Company, she is a fantastic, fantastic person and does so much for the cause. It's unbelievable. And we at Homegrown Betty's, we are a company that is striving to create a universal community that captures the spirit of individualism by networking artists, musicians, writers, and performers, and business owners, and promoting them on our pages and on the streets through our sponsors and events. We're very involved in the medical cannabis community. So we're just we're a modeling troupe focused in the cannabis community and helping spread awareness is, is of the benefits a, of cannabis. Is there a website or anything uh, that people can go check out? Definitely, you can find us on Facebook at 420 Homegrown Betty's. And if you go on my Facebook, it currently says that I work for them, which I do and totally enjoy. Cool, cool. Well, we're gonna go to a break, and uh, we'll be back and talk more about. Uh, um, your new project, what you got going on, um, and then we'll also uh, get us talking about a few other things we have going on. But uh, we'll be back. Um, we're gonna take about a five-minute break now, and uh, we'll be back with Cassativa, Miss High Times, uh, January 2012, here on Cannabis Network Radio. <laughs> Welcome back to Cannabis Network Radio here on Podstream Live. I'm your host, David. We have with us this evening uh, Cass Sativa, uh, former Miss High Times girl, and now with, uh, sorry, the name eluded me once again, Homegrown Betty's. That's right, Homegrown Betty's. Sorry. Um, it's that short-term memory thing that kicks in every now and again. Um <laughs> We were just, I think uh, the audience was just listening to uh, Denka. Um, you know, great band. Check them out. Thank you very much, guys, for supporting the cause here on Cannabis Network Radio and Podstream Live. Cass, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm having an awesome time in Oregon. 
I have some great opportunities to move to Colorado. I, I might move to Colorado tomorrow. Not really sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to smoke on it, you know, see how it goes. Fair enough. So, so <laughs> but, um, I've been having an awesome time. I just found the best modeling agency I've ever worked for in my life, hands down. And that would be the 420 Homegrown Betty's, owned by Katie Watson. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, we are high-class ladies that business owners and artists of all sorts can hire and understand that we can hang around with their girlfriends and with their wives. And we are respectable, reputable women that are not only educated when it comes to cannabis, but a lot of us have degrees and many titles as well. And we all hang out and and talk and, and actually meet each other. And we model at tons of tons of events, and it's it's a really awesome time. We actually are more of a family. Like I, I personally have never had the opportunity to meet any of the other models for high times, but yet I'm barbecuing on the weekend with the models of the homegrown Betty's. It's fantastic. It's a, it's more of a family than anything. Well, that's always good. I mean, you know, when you develop a bond and a closeness with other people, that also not only is good for you personally, it also gives good opportunities because, you know, every one person knows a few other people and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, you never know who you can come across when you network with, with other people for sure. Oh, definitely, so. definitely. And the, profes- the level of professionalism is just amazing. It doesn't have the cattiness or the drama of a lot of other modeling agencies that I've experienced. It's... It's awesome. I've never had so much fun working in my life, really. <laughs> so, you said you mentioned something briefly about Colorado. Um, like, what opportunities are you potentially considering uh, there? And, um, you know, what. what... Well, um, there's a lot of cannabis events m- more in Colorado than there is in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And,. Um, there is a lot of, as far as modeling job goes, personally for me, there's mm-hmm. a lot more work there. Okay. And also, um, the base that I used to be stationed at, Fort Carson is there. I have a lot of really good friends, and there's a lot of beautiful souls here, yes. Right. But I have a lot more friends in Colorado. Oh. And one of my really good friends just had her baby, and the pictures are just precious. I have to see. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, that's exciting. That's exciting. Um, before we just get into uh, kind of just having a rambling, candid conversation about, you know, uh, marijuana legalization and all things uh, marijuana, um, I guess kind of as, as, as segueing from an interviewee to a quote-unquote co-host for the second half of the show, is there anything else that, that you would like to talk with everyone about or tell anyone about, about anything else that might be upcoming or uh, any ways they can go and find out about you or if anyone's interested in getting you to do any type of modeling or bringing you out, um, do you want to let people know how they can get in touch with you? Definitely. Um, hit up my Facebook. Message me through Facebook. First name C-A-S, last name Sativa. And um, just find me through there. So so did you actually change? And I would love to hear from you. And I love hearing about other patients and their battles and their stories and I love supporting other patients and helping them through their fight and letting them know that there are others out there that care so where do you see yourself in a year from now in terms of the movement in terms of the movement Mm -hmm. I in a year I hope to see so much change in Florida to where Floridians don't have to hide their bongs and don't have to hide their cannabis usage and and be afraid. We're patients, not criminals. And I feel and I hope to see in a year cannabis legalized in Florida. And yeah. I, I not just Florida, all over, all over. I feel that everyone, and I feel that if we plant seeds everywhere, what can anyone really do? Yeah, that, that's that's very Honestly, true. Honestly, think about it. It's overgrow. Yeah, definitely. I concur. Um, 
I guess it's we'll, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's so much clean oxygen, mug everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you know, being 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 a person that's in, you know, that that's in Florida, an advocate in Florida, I definitely would like to see the state um, you know, have at least, you know, if not full legalization, which I think makes the most sense across the board, um, I definitely would like to see at least a medical uh incentive. I'm very very uh sad um that the Kathy Jordan uh, medical cannabis act was just stuck into a drawer somewhere and and yeah, not, it and is not so even, sad that, it, that they the case fell through the cracks. That's that's complete malarkey. Yeah, I, mean, I cannot just, believe all of this. Kathy Jordan is a senior citizen in a wheelchair with Lugaric's disease. Twenty six years. And I was contacted on Facebook immediately as it was happening. And Mm -hmm. I tried to broadcast it and tell everyone through my Facebook the updates. Mm -hmm. How in the world do cops get away with all these types of things? Really? How do you knock on someone's door and tell them you can either sign this paper or let us wait here and we're gonna get a restraining order and, and pretty much destroy your house how, how yeah. does how do i wonder how how the, much of a badass that the con, i mean the contrast French, but really. yeah no i mean it's fine the contrast and the hypocrisy is is you know extreme when i was in uh denver for 420 this past year i was walking around i was you know consuming in public um even though telling you're not allowed to in, in colorado but you know it was 420 so it was kind of more accepted um but I was consuming in public. I was consuming legally um, with everyone else that's there. I was standing 10 feet away from, from a cop. You know, I kind of lifted up. I was smoking a really big joint. And I went ahead and, and just kind of, like, gave a little <laughs> salute and lifted it up to a cop that was, you know, sitting on his motorcycle, like, not even 10 feet away from me. and kind of gave a nod. And he looked at me and just nodded right back, you know, and, and there was no issue. Now, if I tried that in Florida, I'd be going to jail. You know, or God knows. I had a cop that used to drive by my house and stop in front of my house. You can ask my old neighbors in Indian Harbor Beach, Florida, just south of Cocoa Beach, right a little bit north of Sebastian Inlet, one of my favorite surf spots. And a cop would drive by my house every hour on the hour, roll his window down all the way, and stick his nose out the window and smell the air outside of my house. That's that's when you just start lighting sage all around your house and be like, fuck you to the cop. There's there's murders and rapes going on, and he's out here smelling the air in front of my house. Really? Yeah, you know, I get hassled too. I get pulled over um, quite frequently for for various reasons, whether it be my window tint or I think the latest time I got pulled over um, was for no violation. It was for... um, they claimed that the lights that illuminated my license plate were not bright enough and they could not read my uh, license plate. Um, and then they always, you know, just kind of ask me questions. And, you know, sometimes, like, it's already got into, you know, well, well maybe search your vehicle. And, you know, I, I don't tolerate any of that stuff. I'm like, no, <laughs> you may not, you know. And then it turns into, of course, well, are you hiding anything? No, I'm exercising my Fourth Amendment right. So it's called the Constitution. Exactly. But, Nonetheless, now I, I don't mean to interrupt you. There is there is an organ, organization that is called Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, Leap. and one of the people, one of the soldiers that I actually deployed with, he was much higher rank than I was. But during my deployment at that time, he was a sergeant first class. Um, from my understanding, he just retired from the United States Army and has taken residence in his home hometown with his wife in Tennessee. And he is now speaking for, I believe, the veterans for marijuana. His name is Aaron James. And he educated me on the law enforcement against prohibition, LEAP. And until I saw this, I, after seeing this, I gained a newfound respect for law enforcement and decided to pose in a cop dress. Oh, is, that, it would be is that where that picture came from that I saw? <laughs> that, is, that is why I decided to wear... A cop, you know, well, costume, if you will, was definitely on a uniform. A cop costume, and pose, and then to give the picture to them for them to use if they wanted to for any events or anything of that sort. Well, yeah, that's cool. Well, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm a very big advocate of Leap. I actually carry a whole bunch of Leap information in my vehicle, and anytime I get hassled by the cops or they ask me for license or registration, I hand them a brochure from Leap along with, with my stuff. I also, when I see parked police cars and restaurants and stuff, I put the, the uh, trifold in their windshields of, for Leap. So that's, that's, awesome. that's, that's like one, one of the things I do around here, aside from other uh, different direct action and slash civil disobedient uh, things because that's just the nature of the person of who I am. Um, we're going to go to another short break here uh, and uh, we're going to be back and we're just going to kind of be talking about uh, legalization, uh, you know, efforts here in Florida and across the state. Um, we'll be back with uh, Cass uh, and talking with her on Cannabis Network Radio here on Podstream Live. <laughs> with Cannabis Network Radio here on Podstream Live. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in this evening. Uh, appreciate all your support. That was Beebs and her moneymakers with Miss Captain Kangaroo. Uh, you can check her out at BeebsAndHerMoneyMakers.com. Um, and I think they're also going to be doing Warp Tour this summer. So uh, lots of things happening. They're also doing a fundraiser um, to help them uh, you know, pay their way through Warp Tour. Uh, so definitely go check them out, BeebsAndHerMoneyMakers.com. Uh, Beebs, love you. All right, moving on. Um, yeah, oh, I, I got to plug uh, uh, Cannabis Network Radio on iTunes. Um, everyone go check it out, rate us, download us. Um, we actually are in the top ten um, of shows right on the slider. When you go over to uh, iTunes and put the word cannabis in and go down to podcasts, we're there in the top ten. We got High Times Beat, we got Normal Beat, we got... Everyone else beats, so thank you everyone for your support, uh, which is why we added another show um, on Tuesday nights. Um, you know, So now we have Tuesday and Thursday evening from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, so, Cass, I know that you're an activist and you've, you've devoted your life for the most part to you know, enriching, educating, and and, and giving over the, the goodness of what this plant is to everybody in, in whatever capacity you can. Um, and now I know that you're a Florida native, and, and then you moved out of Florida. Um, and I know that we discussed this new bill. More like the cops chased me out of Florida. I moved out of Florida before they could get a chance to arrest yeah, me. Yeah, you're being harassed. Yeah, it happens. I understand. Yeah, so instead of fighting the man, I just left. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes, you know, there, there's more productive ways to do what you have to do than, than, you know, <laughs> wasting your time. Oh, I'm still fighting. I'm just not, yeah. I'm still, I'm still, you know, I'm still there. Yeah. Definitely in spirit and definitely internally, even though I may not physically be there, I'm still heard and yeah. I still am pulling mass attention to the, just the failure of Florida's laws on cannabis so so speaking so, so speaking about florida's failures on laws and cannabis so you know when i started the beginning of of this year or maybe i'll even go back to august um you know in florida the way things went this year is in december um myself along with the cannabis action network we dropped a emergency petition on the uh, uh you know state's attorney pam bondi uh here in florida um she basically gave us a runaround and told us we had to do this that and the other um in order to comply we did everything we needed to and then she jerked us around more and the emergency bill never went through uh basically we dropped an emergency petition to go ahead and uh legalize um you know cannabis for medicinal use because people are dying patients are dying like kathy jordan other people they need this to live if they don't have it they're not going to be able to survive they're going to live so then after that was denied we went ahead and drafted up a great bill the kathy jordan uh, medical cannabis act um, the bill had great momentum. We had good support. We had a senator. We had a legislator that both backed the bill. Um, and it was, you know, made the news and progress was going forward. Then all of a sudden, you know, it backpaddled and then it got shelved. And now it's probably the bill is probably sitting in a drawer somewhere. And unfortunately, it, you know, this year it's not going to happen in Florida like I thought it was going to. Um, 
you know, because honestly, the financial support and backing and the true initiative to support cannabis in the state of Florida has not come to fruition. I understand that John Morgan now, you know, he is supporting a <laughs> signature drive and he announced the that he's the people guy, right? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he so he's yeah, so he's getting involved all, you know, all of a sudden. I have not been able to uh you know, really get a pulse on on the intentions of of what he's trying to accomplish aside from the signature drive um to get, you know, an amendment on the ballot. Um, but I hope it works, honestly, and, you know, I'll help, and Cannabis Information Network will help, and Cannabis Network Radio will help in any way we can to get it done. But in terms of back paddle... Oh, I was excited when I found out. Yeah, I mean, in terms I of back paddle... Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be... We'll see, you know, like, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens as it turns out. Um, you know, I'm kind of right in the middle right now about where things are going to go w- with this, because, you know, John Morgan just came out of nowhere, really. You know, it's not like he has a history and advocacy work, and and you know he no one well, had. So did, so did the savior, and so did angels. But I don't mean to compare him to that. But a lot of like good things come out of nowhere. Oh, I mean, oh, oh no, there, there's like out of nowhere. There's no doubt about that. But I guess to m- my question is right now is why, you know, the, you don't just come and say I'm going to give five million dollars to something without, you know, validity. Um, and then I guess you would have to ask him. Yeah, well, I haven't had the opportunity. Yeah, maybe one of these days we'll try to get him on the show or something and have a conversation with him. Um, but moving on to the half-ass backwardness of the state of Florida, so SB forty-nine um, is a House bill that was passed one hundred and thirteen to two in the House um, by our lovely legislatures in the state. So what this bill is going to do in the state of Florida is more or less, just to put it in a nutshell, is shut down every single um, head shop, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, store, tobacco accessory, accessory, hookah lounge, lounge, uh, business. So approximately 40,000 people are going to be out of work, um, not including, that's just employees, not even including the businesses they are going to be shut down here in the state um, of Florida because... We're not going to be allowed to purchase glass pipes, bongs, chillums, vaporizers, nothing. Um, there's even a big debate out there about e-cigarettes, whether that's going to be continued to be allowed because um, of the way people are converting them to use it for oils and whatnot. And I think I don't, it's, not, it's not really a thinking. I know the tobacco lobby. You found a better thing to do with it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, true. You know, and, and the tobacco lobby has a lot to do with it. And also Mel Semler has a lot to do with it. Um, for those of you who don't know who Mel Sembler is, he is a business person, former ambassador to Italy. He lives in St. Pete with his family. He lives here. They basically are the Sembler family is basically the partnership for drug free America. Uh, Mel Sembler, uh, did was formerly, uh, had scared straight program here in Florida. I don't know if you remember any of that news stuff Cass, oh, I, or I not, about, so. you know, about <laughs> how those kids were killed in the scared straight program and, you know, uh, he ended up getting out of it, but uh, you know the assemblers are are the people here, and and they contributed towards the uh, representative who who basically underwrote this bill, um, SB forty nine, um, and apparently the the House member who introduced this bill had some sort of drug problem growing up, um, and he feels that that a bong or a pipe um, is a gateway to further drug use. Now, one thing which I can say publicly is. In case whoever you are out there in, in the legal world is not paying attention, the whole theory about cannabis being a gateway drug has been debunked again and again and again and again and again. So and y'all, again again. so y'all need to like come up with some new material because the shit's getting old. Okay, cannabis is not a gateway drug. Newports are a gateway drug. Jack Daniels is a gateway drug. Um, OxyContin uh, is a gateway drug. Xanax is a gateway Tylenol drug. Tylenol is a gateway drug. Tylenol, is Tylenol isn't. It doesn't cut your headaches. So what do you do? You go to get, a, you go to get a stronger prescription and tell the doctor that over-the-counter Tylenol doesn't kill your headache. And you know what that does? That leads you to take very harmful chemicals, ingest them into your body, get horrible side effects that are worse than your headache ever thought about being. So when you could have just smoked a joint. Well, one of the beautiful things about Florida, and I'm saying this very, very um, sarcastically is that at least in the area that I live, in Tampa, Tampa Bay area, 
you can go to one of the many walk-in medical clinics that are around here and pay between $75 and $125 to see the doctor, tell them what your issue is, and leave with the script of your choice. Um, which you can go ahead and take to the pharmacy of your choice to go ahead and, and fill and then utilize, you know, these pharmaceuticals. So, like, for example, I can walk into one of the local pain management clinics or medical clinics or whatever, pay my $100. Um, and actually, I know this firsthand because cause a friend of mine, unfortunately, uh, a former friend, I should say, an old friend, um, you know, he had an issue with pills. And what he would do is he would go to this doctor. He'd pay $125. He'd say, okay, well, I want Xanax. I want Klonopin. I want whatever. He, do he doesn't get a physical. He doesn't get, you know, anything like that. He basically, the doctor says, what do you need? And he says, oh, well, I need this. I need three months supply of this. I need two months supply of this. And, and he just gives the money and gets it. And, That's horrible. And he gives, That's he pays. And this happens all the time. This is not just an isolated incident. This happens all the time. Florida is like Doctors the pill is like, is like the, the home of the Oxycontin Express. You know, and so many times, mm -hmm. and so many times people say to me, oh, well, this, this whole medical marijuana thing's a joke because these doctors are just writing prescriptions, you know, for people who don't really need it. And I try to explain to people is that what defines need? And it's funny because you brought up Tylenol because one of my biggest, one of my biggest, um, I'm not going to say arguments, but points I make when people come and argue with me. Uh, a very good example is um, I had a drug rehabilitation counselor that came at me while I was doing the Shades of Green uh, Weed Not Green Shades of Green Tour when I was going around Florida. And there's some big drug counselor from some big, I don't even remember the name anymore. Honestly, I kind of put it out of my mind because it's such a waste of time to argue with people about stuff. But, you know, yes, she comes. It's a waste she, of words. She comes, conflict is a waste of words. I mean, she comes to me and a she's like. Musician told me that. Yeah. I, I mean, she comes to me and she starts in with, um, you know, it's a gateway drug and it's a this and it's a that and it's horrible and there's no medical benefit, et cetera, et cetera. And I looked at her and I said, look, let me just step out of the realm of I'm right, you're right, I'm wrong, you're wrong, whatever. Let me ask you a question. When you get a headache, what do you do? You know, she's like, well, I. I lay down and maybe put a cold compress on my head, take an aspirin, you know, or a Tylenol or something like that. I said, oh, so you take an aspirin or a Tylenol. Do you do this every time you have a headache? And she's like, um, I guess. I said, so you're addicted to Tylenol? She's like, no, not, not at all. I was like, but I don't understand. If you have a headache, you take a Tylenol, which means that that's your first notion is to go for a Tylenol or for a pain reliever when you have a headache. So that must mean as soon as you get a headache, that's an addiction to needing to take, you know, medicine immediately for it. You know, and she's like stumbling all over her words. I say, well, how about this? I said, how about someone that has a headache and wants to use cannabis to treat it? You know, or let's say they're in a bad mood and instead of, you know, going out and having a few drinks with their friend, which, you know, debilitates people alcohol debilitates people you know mm -hmm. if you drink then to calm Drunk them down driving, how is that people. yeah i mean how is that any different than you know whatever so she's all flustered about the whole tylenol thing that you know i i put on her and she's like it's not an addiction it's not a this it's not a that i say i say look tylenol can kill you if you take enough of them you know cannabis mm -hmm. will never kill you there's never been one death recorded to the use of cannabis ever 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 the only thing that will kill you about cannabis and the only way that cannabis is a gateway drug is when people are wrongly arrested and put in incarcerated in prison with hard drug offenders and they're opened up to a whole new world of narcotics and drugs illegal illicit drugs that will harm your body that is how cannabis is a gateway drug because people are arrested they're put in prison and then they're they, they are subjugated to the environment of other more harmful drugs both in prison and as they segue out why because they just want to make sure that they're taken care of in prison and become friendly with these people because that's just the way it goes and you know that's my gateway I couldn't theory. agree better myself. Yeah, that, that's my I gateway have said it theory. Better myself. So, so, you know, so basically, what I have to say, since we talked about SB forty nine, you know, how all these people are going to lose their jobs, and the economy in Florida is kind of shitty anyway, as it is. I mean, you know, oh, definitely, there's public schools closing due to lack of funding. Uh, when yeah, public and schools so, are closing due to lack of funding. There's a problem. Well, Wake yeah, I mean, up, Florida never really had great. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Florida never had great public taxes. schools to begin with. But yeah, I mean, legalizing, taxing, regulate, regulate is great for cannabis. But you know what I'm understanding is what more 
does the people, this Florida legislature, and the people have spoken. I mean, the people have said the majority of people in Florida want cannabis legalized. There's been polls, certified polls, so on and so forth. Why? My question is, why are the people? Why is the people's voice not being listened to? The people have spoken. The people want cannabis to be legal in the state of Florida, and here we are outlawing bongs and outlawing glass pipes and outlawing smoking accessories. Which is ridiculous. So it started so with High Times magazine. They, they, I, I couldn't buy a single High Times anywhere in Florida. And I asked the head shop owners, I was like, why can't I buy High Times here? Why? But yet I can go to Barnes & Noble and get it. You know, why, why can't I go to Books A Million and get High Times, but yet I can't go to a head shop and get it. Yeah, because it correlates and to cannabis the, use. The head yeah. shop owners responded with, if I sell high times, everything in my store is considered paraphernalia, and I will get 15,000 counts of paraphernalia, and they will throw me in jail and throw away the key. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. So, well, you know, I'm not going to actually get into details about it because I'm kind of keeping it under wraps. However, for those of you who are listening, um, if Governor Scott does sign off on SB uh, 49, like it does seem he's going to, um, Worry not. The Cannabis Information Network has a plan in place, in place, that we can go ahead and make sure that we stay strong and um, the access that you need to getting the implements you need. Definitely, I know um, tons of glass blowers are, are here, but even more so, we I have we have something in place that we can go into effect. Uh, I'm hoping that that Governor Scott opens his eyes and realizes this is stupid and he's going to put 40,000 people out of work. People are going to lose their businesses, ultimately lose their jobs. It's going to wreak havoc on their lives. This is not the right way to go. This is the complete opposite direction of Yeah, something of the that fed their families so, for years, put their children yeah. through school. Yeah, I mean... I can't believe this. It's it's one of those things that, you know, we, we, were, we were had such a good momentum with the Kathy Jordan uh, Medical Cannabis Act that was in place and then all of a sudden it just took a complete 180 and and it's so frustrating because it's like what more what more information do you need like what more can we give you and prove to you to show you that the sky is not going to fall that cannabis helps people that cannabis uh kills cancer cells that cannabis uh helps people like kathy jordan stay alive she's had lou garrick's disease for 26 years she passed her expiration date her living expectancy more than a decade ago and she's still going because and she's still cannabis. talking all because of cannabis i mean what more proof do you need you know i don't care if you know there hasn't been controlled studies when people come to me and say i survived cancer by using cannabis that's enough of a study for me i mean i don't need anything more than oh, that yeah, the proof's in the pudding now eat up exactly <laughs> I, c- I concur it's just one of those things that, that's so so frustrating here in florida you know, and the dynamic is crazy because, as I said, when I was in Denver just a couple weeks ago, it's like a different world. It's a different planet. It's a different everything. Mm-hmm. You know, almost like a, yeah, different planet. It's it's it's, you know, and 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 coming back. I mean, honestly, you know, coming back to Florida was almost depressing. <laughs> you know, it's like you yeah. go from from being, you know, having open, candid discussions and 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 and. I mean, you're you're aware of being how it is. Being accepted in the community and not being shunned as a drug dealer or right. a drug or hassled or, or hassled by or the cops or things like that. Because you use cannabis medicinally. Yeah. I being mean. respected for who you are. I am a, a veteran of the United States Army. I am not a criminal. I am not a drug dealer. No. You just want to be no, happy. You want to be pain. Anything, you want to be pain free. And a veteran. And if you want to, yes, call me a florist if you wish. Well, thank you for your service. I, you know, we all do appreciate it, and you know the sacrifices that you made. You know, and and thank you for that. But, you know, it's funny because I was actually talking with someone who li- who lives in Michigan, and in Michigan, the veterans, uh, the VA there, um, actually lets their veterans. Um, consume cannabis because of Michigan law. Um, I'm not sure if it's in in, in any other state. I'm that's not sure about. That's where Emily's from. Uh, okay, that's cool. Miss High Times 2012. Yeah. I believe she's from Michigan. Well, that's cool. And but but the contrast that I was going to say is that the VA there allows their patients to consume cannabis to relieve you know pain management, PTSD. Um, it's recognized. Yet the VA in any other state. You know, let's just say Florida. You can't. You in go, Florida, you cannot you go do ahead that. And, and I had to dodge drug tests. And if you test and positive, they'll take away all your my benefits. blood to yeah. see if I was okay just because I knew there was THC in there. Yep. So I had to 
go without proper medical testing that my body deserved because just, you know, simple checkups, just because I couldn't give them my blood it's because they find THC in it, and then I would risk losing my child. Yeah, I actually had Department of Children and Families come into my house, mm-hmm. and he walked through my house and said my house was one of the cleanest houses he had been in, and he wasn't sure why I was there, but um, he asked me if I used any drugs of any kind, and, if I, and I told him immediately, I use cannabis medicinally. He said, do you use it recreationally? And I was like, well, let's, let's break down that word recreational. In the dictionary, it says activity that is healthy or engaging in healthy activity. Absolutely. So, you know, let's answer I don't, that I don't, question I don't think. I don't and think so there's... I immediately took his, his cup and, you know, went into the bathroom and gave him his test. And within five minutes, he had the results, and he was like, you know, Thank you for your honesty. Um, we're going to test you again in a couple of weeks. I was like, that's fine. Go. You're going to get the same results. And so then um, they closed my case shortly after that, and there was nothing ever heard about it. Well, that's good. That, that's and good I even case. contacted his boss just to double-check to make sure that they closed my case because, you know, well, I mean, to. I mean, one of the big things is, you know, discrimination, I think. Um, and that falls under, uh, you know, Oh, disc- yes. He said in no way so. did my marijuana use affect my child at all case closed and also one thing what's with, next florida well one thing which i'll find too and, and this is kind of a message that i'm going to give to to everyone out there you know when i was going around the state of florida doing the shades of green weed not greed tour this past uh you know end of the summer beginning of the, of the fall um i can't tell you how many times i ran into law enforcement that you know told me they support what i do and so and so forth. I would say educate them about leap. And I'm like, look, you need to tell people. You can't just say it to me. You need to let other people know because you Ooh, know you have to stand up. they have to stand up and make it known. But the problem is they're afraid they're going to lose their job. I say, look, if you let your voice, if you let your voice be heard, you know, and you make a statement as a law enforcement professional that you feel that that you know cannabis is not one of those things that people should be hassled about and time, effort, energy, and money. Uh, and police work can be spent doing things to actually protect and serve the people um, is definitely more beneficial. But, you know, just getting that message through, um, that's kind of like why I always have, you know, LEAP material on me and educate, you know, police about LEAP all the time. Um, definitely. And also as parents, we owe it to our children. This is the this is this is the world that we leave our children and our offspring and our friends and loved ones to enjoy. It, we owe it. I feel personally that I owe it to my daughter to stand up and change this for her, even if she decides not to use cannabis, if God forbid she ever got hurt. You know what I mean? And in the future, when she is much, much older, you know, and if she was ever injured and needed medical help, you know, I would want her to make the decision for her own body because nobody knows their own body like themselves. And I feel that we owe it to ourselves to stand up for not only ourselves, but our offspring as well and the rest of the community. Well, in serious disease, and serious situation medical treatments, I see no objection to treating children with um, truly medicinal, uh, whether RSO, Rick Simpson oil, or other treatment methods, um, you know, if they're in a serious, in a seriously grave uh, medical situation. Um, you know, teenagers, um, again, if there is a proper model, um, and it is legal across the across the the country um and doctors actually can monitor uh you know consumption and we have you know places dispensaries where we can get the right type of strains and medicine i think i mean me personally and i'm i'm going to speak solely for my growing up i never would have made it through high school i never would have made it through college i never would have gotten you know my postgraduate degrees if it was not for cannabis use because i had severe yeah, I feel the same way i would have been in a i would have been a lot more of an angrier person without without cannabis well setting aside and especially the... with all the artistic energy that i had within myself that i just didn't know how to exert properly i mean i feel that cannabis helped a lot when i was younger and it's it's amazing and we should really stand up and fight for something that is so amazing. Well, that's what we're doing right now here on Cannabis Network Radio and the Cannabis Information Network. We're, we're educating, we're, we're giving information out for people to, uh, you know, be aware of, of what we're doing. And if you need more information, you know, please contact us at the Cannabis Information Network. 
Um, that's Ken. It's Man. wonderful. I appreciate it's, everything you guys are doing. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm honored to be on your show. Well, thank you for being on our show. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely look look us up on the web, uh, Cannabis Information Network. Um, it's cannet.org. Um, and obviously here you can listen to us uh, twice a week um, on Podstream Live on Cannabis Network Radio, Tuesdays and Thursdays from 9 to 10. Um, and you can download us on iTunes. Um, again, just go to iTunes, uh, go to the store, put in the word cannabis, scroll down to podcast. We're there in the top 10. Um, rate us, enjoy us, listen to the show, um, support us so we can keep uh, doing this and bringing all the information out there. Um, Cast, I want to thank you for being Definitely. on. I want to thank you very much for being on us on uh, Cannabis Network Radio this evening I here on Podstream Live. And I think it's fantastic to have the chance and the opportunity to to discuss such important topics. And the last topic we were discussion discussing being, you know, children and medicinal cannabis use. Personally, I haven't found as many medical studies as I'd like to be done on it. And I personally don't feel comfortable conducting my own medical studies. Oh, I, I And I, I have never and I, I, do I, not I, plan on it in the future. Well, I, I do understand. I'm just, you know, for me, from my experience, looking at people like, unfortunately, that what happened with Cashy, how when he had, Cashy had when he had access to his medicine before Montana changed their laws, um, you know, he was doing great. And then when they took away his medicine, unfortunately, you know, young Cashy passed away. Um, but... You know, and there's other stories about, you know, parents that treat their children. Um, you know, the founder of Mom for Marijuana, she treats her child. I know a lot of parents whose children have autism who treat their parents. So, no, there's not a lot of controlled studies. However, I know lots of people and a lot of people that have come to me and told me their stories. And as far as I'm concerned, if cannabis is helping improve the quality of a person's life, then so be it. Use it. Um, use yeah, it proudly, definitely. use it loudly, and so on and so forth. But, uh well, again, thank you again for being on the show, Cass. And we're going to wrap up uh, our first ever Tuesday night show here on Cannabis Network Radio. Be sure to go ahead and check us out on Thursday. Uh, this coming up Thursday on Podstream Live, 9, 10 p.m., uh, Cannabis Network Radio. And uh, you know, be sure to check out Cannabis Information Network. You can find us on Facebook, um, facebook.com forward slash C-I-N-L-L-C for Cannabis Information Network and on Facebook.com uh, forward slash CanNet Radio for Cannabis Network Radio. Uh, this is David Kowalski uh, wishing everyone a great evening and lots of love. Have a good night.